you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Even God was like, you need to chill. <laughs> oh my God, none of that got recorded. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was singing a song. Christine I... was, uh, Christine thought we were recording our listeners episode right now, which comes out in December. And so she started by singing, Christmas time is here. And then Em just looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I was like, you know, holidays. And then I realized this comes out before Thanksgiving. Yikes. Anyway, sorry, sorry to ruin the illusion for you guys. I like how, just like you said, God was like, no, you cannot record this. And yeah. then I just did it anyway. <laughs> I did it again. Oh, well, anyway, happy pre-Christmas, apparently. Wow, that was embarrassing. Um, yeah, it's not even Thanksgiving yet, so um, sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Um, this is uh, our first time that we are recording after quite a hiatus because we've mm. been at our live shows on the East Coast. That's right. We had five in a row. Five in a row. DC, Philly, and New York, and we had a great time. We did. What yeah. did what did, was your favorite part? Definitely when Linda showed up in a stretch limo. Here we go. <laughs> let's let's tell everyone about that. I want Christine's Please. version because I have just been rampantly telling I people. I love the part of every live show after that where we got to tell everyone about how Linda showed up. She showed up in a stretch limo mm -hmm. in a bright red jacket lined with fur, mm -hmm. faux fur. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she made a lot of demands. Um, a oh, lot in, of demands. In the stretch limo, she also brought... In the, entire, the entire city of Fredericksburg, as well as. Oh, I was, yes. People-wise, also yes. in the limo, was my entire childhood neighborhood cul-de-sac. So, like, <laughs> all everyone that has grown up with me since I was a child all hopped into this limo together. Right. And they downed about several bottles of vodka, tequila, and wine. Like handles, I believe. Yeah. I, I got very drunk texts from my mother as she was driving the whole hour. Mm -hmm. Or riding. <laughs> riding Definitely not driving the limo. <laughs> and then I guess they still had some left and no alcohol left behind, as my mom always says. And so she decided that they were going to pour all the leftover mm. tequila and vodka and everything into open solo cups and mm -hmm. then try to tell security I allowed them to mm. come into the venue that, with their own alcohol. I loved that part when the security knocked on the door and was like, so the party's definitely getting started out there with your mom. And we were like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he was like, so you're, there's a lot of people with open cups of alcohol and your mom is telling us that you approved this. And I was like, nope, oh, no. I did not that take was, that away from them. That was a rough moment. And uh, 
so mom had a great time yes oh she had a great the time. whole neighborhood of fredericksburg had a good time it was cool and um for them not for me i was very stressed because <laughs> if you ever listen to a single episode of the show you know that i have the worst performance anxiety <laughs> and it gets worse with the more people that i know it's right. like surprisingly not as bad when i don't know anyone in well, the audience makes sense though because like there's more invested in yeah like know. i know because if i don't know you if i mess up like maybe i won't see you again and have to be reminded of my totally. mess up but when i know people in the audience it's like oh you're gonna remember and lie in my face and say i did a great job yeah and um well that's why we we're so you were happy at first linda got so drunk so you're like well, i was because i was like maybe remember. she won't remember <laughs> but then she really listened to my rule of please be drunk and she got a limo and a keg so she <laughs> really handled it you gave her an inch she took a mile and so i was more nervous than usual because not only was my mom there but apparently my whole neighborhood and then half of the audience was like people i grew up with either right. in my childhood or in college and so i was this was probably the most anxiety inducing show yep. i have done and then my mom on top of it making demands i got a little stressed really rolled out the red carpet for herself for herself and not <laughs> us and um this was a moment where i think christine and eva maybe first saw me have a stress breakdown where i may have cried a little bit backstage just a, just a little tiny bit and then i was like oh i have to be funny in 10 minutes what's gonna happen uh, <laughs> and but christine handled it like a champ and eva handled it like a champ eva closed the door and created a barrier between me and anyone else that's why we call her steel wall eva now is that what it's called <laughs> iron steel iron, iron, iron wall iron wall eva we're, we're working on it yeah we'll uh, let you know and um christine saw the first tear come out of my eyes and one, then she, one single tear she thank you for making me sound better than it's the trying, case was. <laughs> it was more tears than that um and christine was like hey, hey it's okay it's okay let's play pictionary <laughs> well, I and thought that would help. <laughs> christine thought it would help but also pictionary like there were no board games backstage it was just the first thing that came out of her brain and poor eva was like do i have to go get pictionary is now? there a walmart nearby what do i do <laughs> anyway i don't know that was just the first thing where i was like this will I didn't know. It was also like stressful too. Cause it was like, Oh, wipe your tears and go be funny on stage in right. the next 10 minutes. Right. So just behind the scenes fun for you guys. <laughs> so now we have to bring Pictionary on our show tour just in case. Well, Eva might have to just in yeah. case something bad happens. You never know. But other than that, that one instance, it was very great to see my friends and my family. And we should also talk about how just like when I went to Ohio um, and Christine showed oh, yeah. me around, I showed Christine my stomping grounds That's of childhood cool. and we finished at the uh slaughter pen yeah yes it was very creepy i got a photo but a lot of it was torn down which is sad yeah. i didn't know that either because all the stories i've mentioned here of slaughterhouse where like there was like a house we used to always go right. into and there were cornfields and everything it used to be a giant farm of like 15 to 20 barns right and i think because me and deirdre kept breaking into them um <laughs> Smooth. the city tore them all down there's only one house left but you did get to see what one of the 15 looked like and all of them were that creepy so right 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 i mean you kind of got a fraction of an idea of what it was like yes it was really creepy and we went at night first and i was like yep. no get me out so um it's like boarded windows very creepy so now we've both seen our hometowns yeah that was nice in like the span of a month yeah so weird yeah. we really we really manifest things and take we, care we of it <laughs> we're like here we go um yeah no it was great and then we went to philly which i'd never been to philly and i freaking loved it i don't know why but i just like resonated with me loved the city then we went to new york, new york and lisa came to our show which was great we and then we to got to lisa go to lisa's show. show it was super fun and that was a full circle for me because i've told lisa now in the beginning i tried to be like more shy about it but i was a huge yeah. lisa lampanelli fan back when i was 
um, going through one of the many divorces throughout my family where I would like lock myself away in my room and just turn on the TV. And for some reason, whenever I turned on the TV, Lisa's special was always on. (laughs) And so I like knew all of her bits. I knew all of her jokes. And I really like definitely idolized her when I was younger. I never thought I'd like get to actually manifesting. I tell you what, I never thought I'd like get to like consider her a friend, but also like I got to actually see her live this time around, which when I was little, I always dreamt of that. So Aw, yeah. vision boarding. Vision it boarding works. since 2005. It works. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super fun, and New York was obviously great, and Josh and Andrew came out, and Yeah, we got to boom. meet people who actually are helping us we along the way. We got to go see and... Audio Boom, and they had our little logo up on the wall. It was super cool. Very cool. Yeah, and it was next to Astonishing Legends, and so I almost cried, but I didn't. <laughs> so it's all good. But yeah, so it was an awesome tour. Thank you guys for everyone who came out and was able to come, and uh, we didn't have any meet and greets until New York unfortunately so correct oh but so speaking of which we have we just announced chicago and those are actually selling out way faster than we expected so way fast uh the same with milwaukee is milwaukee yeah milwaukee no they moved it to a bigger venue yes i saw that and then uh denver oh we announced denver and yeah so we have like phoenix we have some other fun shows uh florida new jersey so go check out and that's why drink.com slash live and um the vip meet and greet tickets for chicago sold out in under one minute so i don't know what happened there but i apologize a lot of people are like we're waiting right refreshing and then it, they just went away so i apologize for that but thank you chicago for being so thank you so nice to we're us honored truly yeah. yeah so we're excited i'm excited for that show my mom's gonna drive up not in a limo i don't think but we'll, well see if she does there's <laughs> it'll be your turn to play Pictionary. So. My mom will probably show up in like some weird German, like a hearse or hearse. something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, yeah, Pictionary will be at the ready. So, all right, all right. You heard it first here, Eva. Be mm-hmm. ready. Travel Pictionary should if be. You on don't our- get our passive aggressive uh, comments about <laughs> Pictionary. You better be ordering that on Amazon right now. <laughs> all right. So we. I don't even know how to play. Like I don't think I've ever even played Pictionary. I don't know why that's the it's, first. Thing. It's the thing that you have us do on the TV. The drawing, uh, drawful? like drawful. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you get a card, and it says you have to draw something, yeah. and then everyone on your team has like to I guess what it is. I played that one a little, but there's definitely other. I don't know. It's like taboo, but instead of words, it's pictures. Right, right. I mean, neither are great to me. Mm. So you don't like games, though. That's what I thought was. I was telling Eva that because she brought me back from the airport, which was very nice of her. <laughs> and I was like, I think you were the one I was telling, but I was. You were like, let's play Pictionary. And in my mind, I was like, but I hate board games. That would make it You're worse. So we- yeah, I was going to say, I may- but I remember I said, that's what I would like to right. hear. So I, hear I think you. in my head, I was like, oh, this is comforting. See, what you should have done for me is you should have been like, hey, let's go find like a 10 foot pizza. And I would have been like, okay, okay. <laughs> I should have been like, let's never play a board game ever again. Em. <laughs> let's ban board games. Um, okay. Fuck Pictionary. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. 
And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listening can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Well, uh, speaking of our trip and being in Philly, mm-hmm. the story I have today is actually the story I was going to do Ooh. in Philly, um, but it, I found out very quickly it's a little too dark oh yeah i just like a a a forewarning to everyone i'm realizing that a theme is going to be happening in the show where the recorded ones might be a little darker because when it comes to live shows i don't think that's normal i mean i've said that okay i mean you know like i can't do like rape and mutilation on stage fair fair it's just so it doesn't play as well let's put it that way yeah it's it make it makes it more difficult for the laughter to that's come out. That's what I was saying I last time. Like I just try to find ones that are like two hundred years old because then right. they're fun, right. more fun than the ones that happened two years ago. Well, this is one of those cases. Okay, so I was going to do this in Philly, and then I was reading the notes, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way that like got it. This is not going to be. No one's going to laugh. Right, right, right. So get well, ready to not laugh, guys. <laughs> is well, what I'm saying to you. I'm I'm used to it. Thank you. When I listen to you talk. Thank you. So that being said, this is the story of. Uh, it's in, I don't know if it's in Philadelphia, it's in Pennsylvania, though. Okay. Um, it's called the Byberry Mental Hospital. What? The Byberry? Byberry. B-Y-Berry. Oh, whoa, whoa. Byberry? Byberry? Burberry. Ooh! Sponsored by Linda. Small beginnings. So, um, <laughs> Small beginnings. So, um, it, did that squeak? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I got Christine and Eva these little, it looks like an egg, but if you throw it at a wall, it looks like a splatted egg, and then it rolls off the wall. And it's like my stress ball that I'm going to pop at some point, and it's going to go everywhere. The egg's going to explode on me. It's really good. What's that? John Poppers. No way! (laughs) John already popped Eva as well. (laughs) Well, that, my, one of my, like, teachers back in elementary school had one of those, and all the kids wanted to play with it, so I never got to play with it, so I've always... you said it was a cool older kid. Or was it a teacher? I think it was in a classroom and all the oh. older kids would go for it first. Oh, but because fair. I was too, I just never got to play with it. Childhood trauma comes back. And so I've always been like very prepared to like, if I see it, I'm going to buy it. And then ew. it makes some fun noises. Do it again in the mic. 
<laughs> Yuck. ASMR. Anti-ASMR by Em and Christine. Anyway, I saw them and bought them. They're very fun. And I'm really proud that Eva's popped first because I was convinced I would pop mine within 10 minutes and I somehow still have Yeah, because once you're playing with it, you really can't stop. I can't. So, the Byberry Mental And hospital. I feel like I'm going to need a stress reliever for this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, also, let me do a disclaimer while we're here. Although, yeah, I'm just going to do it. So, um, there are some some ghosts to this this isn't definitely like the most haunted thing i've ever covered but it is something that i have gotten i'm trying to go through like the whole list of like all my dms from like oh. months ago and i'm trying to get all of them right because i i feel like I, we get a lot of dms i personally get a lot of dms on twitter and instagram and people are always suggesting things and now i'm trying to go through the the in like the a, backlog yeah. and cover it all and i read this and it was still a really interesting story so there are some ghosts but there's no like wild demons or anything in here that okay people are gonna get so it's it's mainly like story based and then the go- just enjoy my story Wait, yeah you're the one making this stressful on yourself i know no I stress know. no stress no stress no what are they called no wild demons <laughs> no wild demons well i only i said something because the last time when we recorded and did the the rose hall mm. i like wait until after to give you a disclaimer and you're like why didn't you say something in the beginning so now i'm saying it in the beginning so now we can see which one works best. oh i think it's because you said i have a disclaimer after i told this oh right whoops okay <laughs> no, no i don't even remember that oh look i listen just don't just listen enjoy to me. my story just I'm, don't listen to me i'm the one that's most stressed everyone likes my voice apparently right yeah or they're here for your voice. i love it no yeah they're definitely not here they're here for my anti asmr yikes <laughs> i'm here for your voice we're all here for your voice i get it you have a better voice than me go thanks so byberry mental hospital which also uh has several other names boo- fun fact it sounds like booberry cereal it does sound like and count chocula fun fact is one of my favorite cereals i in the love whole wide count world. chocula i have it's a nostalgia thing i remember my my dad and i always I eat like count choco chocolate pe- together cho- chocolate pe- chocolate pebbles choco pebbles what are they called not fruity pebbles, the chocolate ones. Right. Chocolate pebbles? Yeah. Choco. Now I don't know. I know. I think I s- not- Cocoa pebbles. Cocoa pebbles. I'm like, Jesus. something sounds wrong. Had you not said anything, I would have... Cocoa pebbles. No, Count Chocula was like a thing that me and my dad always did, so... Aww. Um, well, so, Cocoa pebbles are just good, so... So, you're right. So this is actually just like Frankenberry Hospital. Okay, or whatever. Good. I'm trying to throw like hilarious cereal puns in before you get started. With right, the- no, really like God shove damn. out the jokes now because it's about to get really dark. My hilarious so, jokes. Let's travel back to 1903. Let's do it. Um, Pennsylvania enacted the, I think it's called the Bullet Bill. Okay. And the Bullet Bill um, had each county build a facility exclusively for the care of, quote, the insane in Great. the area. Great. Um, the city of, okay, so it is in Philly. The city of Philadelphia, uh, I'm learning with you guys. Oh, it is in Philly. <laughs> oh, it is in Philly. <laughs> Um, the city of Philadelphia purchased farmland in the county in a rural district known as Byberry or Booberry or Frankenberry. <laughs> or Cocoa Pebbles. Or Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> um, cuckoo for... Nope. Uh, almost. <laughs> I was trying to think like cuckoo and the insane. Nope. Oh, God. Yikes. Damn. Yikes. That wasn't me. That was M. No, oh, yeah, yeah. That yikes. was M's sultry voice. <laughs> I was trying to make a cereal pun, but it... Leave the cereal puns to yeah, me, okay. my friend. You're right, you're right, you're right. So they established a city-funded inmate-run farm known as Byberry Farms. Sounds like a good idea in theory. Well, it was intended to supply food to other public institutions in the city, okay. such as Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh. Shortly after the purchase of the land, um, the first people to work on the farm, and remember they're also they're inmates, right? Um, 
There were six inmates that came from different overcrowded jails nearby, and they were the ones chosen to work there. And the farm was going to be used for patients suffering from my favorite consumption. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Eating too much. Eating too much. I suffer from that every night. (laughs) And um, it was... Basically, because consumption was something that could, in theory, be cured at the time, uh, it freed up space in actual facilities for people that were worse off. Got it. Or as they said, chronic insanity. Oh, God. So. Okay. But in the early 20th century, people thought that if you had consumption, it could be treated with fresh air. And they were like, oh, well, we'll just put all those people on a farm. Oh, right. Like tuberculosis. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so in 1906, Byberry Farms had expanded. So this is three years later had expanded into 800, like over 800 acres. Oh, wow. And there's 15 farmhouses there that are used as colony houses, which is basically temporary dorms. And the first official patient of Byberry Farms was uh, William McLean, and he was admitted for alcoholism. So, Oh, boy. Okay. So, Christine. Good start. 1907. That's where you'd be. No. Past life experiences. <laughs> Can you imagine if you went to 1907 and showed people what boxed wine is? <laughs> I feel like they would be amazed I just feel like it's more portable. I think it would be cool to show them like canned wine or like something that's, Ooh, you know, I'm trying mm. to think. Well, maybe not. I don't know. First, I'm such an asshole. In my mind, I was like, oh, bottled wine. But I meant like bottled water, like a twist oh, off. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was stupid. What about, I know what would be cool. My what? wine bra. That. That is the thing that would everyone be would be stoked revolutionary. about. Revolutionary. William McLean would probably I would be, be interested. a millionaire. I'm going to move there. Okay. Okay. Bye. To 1907? Yes. See you later. Good call. Bye. So <laughs> by the 1930s, Byberry was wildly overcrowded and almost constantly needing repair. And allegedly the hospital was, it gets sad very fast, by the way. So good job oh, with those jokes. Great. Um, I'm ready. Allegedly, the hospital was so underfunded that during the depression, patients were year round naked because there were no Ugh, clothes in the budget. For God's sakes. The salary for attendance was so shitty especially during the depression yeah, that the hospital was forced to hire literally anyone Ugh. that was willing to work at all, okay. including drunks, ex felons, former patients. Oh and my God. Anyone off the street. Oh my God. They were just like begging people to work there. Yeah. God. Okay. It got to a point where petty criminals, instead of going to jail, they would just be like charged having to work right at Byberry instead of going to jail. Right, right, right. Or they would give them the choice of like, do you want to go to prison or do you want to just have this job because right. they need help? And obviously what you're going to pick and, you know, right. be in so, jail during the Great Depression or like exactly. actually <laughs> be in it's someone else's some autonomy. Jail. Yeah, yeah. So in the 1940s, uh, there was a reporter and he disguised it's I think it was either late 30s or early 40s. And then there was another one that I'll talk about later in 1945 where a reporter disguised himself as an attendant, snuck in with his camera, and published 36 photos um, to the public to show them how bad it was. And there was a... Later on, once the 1945 version of this happened, a few people snuck in cameras. But in 1945, there was a national uproar about this. Wow, okay. Um, So there was a new building plan that was instated to fix overcrowding and abuse from the staff, and a new building in 1942 was created that had a gym, a bowling alley, a swimming pool, basketball courts, a library, and a spa. I mean, again, great in theory. Great in Let's theory. see what happens. Also, I didn't know, this is going to sound really stupid, but I didn't know there was bowling in, like, the early 40s. I know, like, and... In... <laughs> There's definitely bowling in the 40s. That's what people did for fun. I know. I just, I just don't think about it. Like, when I think of bowling, I don't, 
I've never had an image in my mind of the 40s and bowling put together. Really? So I just I never thought about it. I feel like that's what I it. initially think, like the 40s, 50s, like. I think of 50s. Greasers. I guess it would make sense why 10 years before. It literally be reminds me of Greece. I feel like they're bowling in their poodle skirts. Fair. That's a you <laughs> I win. don't know. You win. So like many state hospitals during World War II, there was even more manpower shortage. So there was even sure. less people that to um, work there. I prefer to call it human power, but. Oh, human power. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet. So then, no, please don't, because you're going to gasp a lot. Oh, great. So since there was literally nobody that wanted to work at these places, they started investing the military into this. It was called the Civilian Public Service Unit, Camp Number 49. That's my lucky number. Well, you Uh were part of this. Sorry. Look, no matter how, you were going to end up in Byberry, I guess, back then. Oh, for God's sake. So it was in Camp Number 49, there were, um, they were, I don't know if it's called pacifist or conscientious objectors, but it, that phrase was used interchangeably throughout all the articles I read. I like conscientious objectors. It's right. a lot more syllables. Cool. So conscientious objectors, who were people who refused to serve in the war. Right. And since they were refusing military service, they were brought, they were brought into this area to serve instead. So they were you know, still at home so and all that. Oh, so they were like civilian servants, basically. Civilian public service unit. Oh, yeah. right. That's literally what you said. Okay. Cool. No, no, no. You're fine. <laughs> I'm just like stealing your own words. No, you're fine. So um, that, and there's an article where like, I think four different conscientious objectors who all worked at Byberry, like wrote in their, their stories of what happened there. Oh. So this is all, a lot of my notes are their words. Okay. And I think they said that over 3000 conscientious objectors were placed in over 60 mental institutions or wow. facilities during that time. That was like the main thing that they were expected to go help and serve. Right, in. I guess, because no one else was doing it. Right. So in 1945, a conscientious objector. I'm sorry, you can say pacifist. I didn't mean to make you just say lots of syllables over and over again. Uh, a, a guy from 1945, <laughs> from camp unit number 1949, um, he also smuggled out pictures. And in his own words, he was showing pictures of like the, I guess, like, how the whole place looked like it was taking pictures of the patients and oh the, um, I don't know why I can't say the word, how the place looked. Oh, the, uh, the, um, now you got in my head too. It's like the whole chocolate, chocolate, cocoa, cocoa the structural integrity? integrity of the building. Well, <clears throat> so the opposite of that, the, like the, whatever he was taking pictures of how the whole building looked and the patients and all that. And in his own words, he, he search antonym structural <laughs> integrity. He referred to the entire place as uh-huh. a concentration camp, basically. Oh, fuck. Um, and he said that a lot of the patients, cause not only were they naked and starving, right. they, I mean, they looked like victims. Oh, and so and they're being um, held there. Yeah. And they're stuck there. Yeah. So those pictures were actually published in the next year's life magazine. Oh, because so like really, that was the national uproar one. That was yeah. 1945. Okay. So one of the first people to actually see the pictures before they were published was Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh. It got brought all the way up to the top. And she originally thought that the pictures either had to be fake or from the deep south were her exact <laughs> ways. Because uh, they're... She's like, that kind of thing only happens in the deep south. Fashioned. It was like... Oh. It was like very... Like barbaric, basically. Yeah. That's what she, that's what like she was saying. Well, because she... That's I guess so fucked up. In her interview, she was like, I've seen conditions like that in alabama and mississippi but i would never see it somewhere like philadelphia oh, where they're like more like an industrial city right okay. and all that got it got it and got so it. stereotypically progressive not that everyone no, in the exactly. deep south is that way i'm just know. trying to think of her if you're listening to us you're probably pretty progressive <laughs> just saying i mean between who the hell knows lgbt and millennial issues at all so um, i mean progressive for 1945 is a very different story also, true. <laughs> true. progressive is 1945 today. 
maybe you're like hitting the 1950s in your mind already. <laughs> you're bowling a lot. Yeah, see, exactly. You're a greaser. So <laughs> when she found out that the pictures were actually taken in Philadelphia, right. she lost her mind <gasps> and she like promised that she would support the reform campaign like yeah. entirely. Well, you know what? And Philly, as I've learned from Amtrak this week, is so close to DC that it's probably like, holy shit, this is happening in our backyard. Exactly. Like, right. Okay. Exactly. Not the deep, the far away deep The far away land that, sure. um, of Alabama. Where the alligators are and all that. Mm, yes. They are down there. Yeah. yeah. So this is how bad the conditions were. There were so few attendants that the patients were told to help supervise the children's ward. Oh, my God. Which that meant it's so backwards. Yeah. It was so 1940s Deep South. So 1940s. If I ever heard it. Yeah. And so but so obviously one of the things is like if the patients who are there because they have some, you know, impulse issues. Sure. And they're now supervising children on their own. Um, a lot of kids were assaulted. Oh, for God's sakes. Um, the ratio of attendant to patients was one attendant per 144 patients. No way. On a good day. There were usually a, one to four attendants working only one shift <gasps> for 350 patients in the violent building alone. Oh, my so God. So just in the violent building, there were 350 patients. I'm sure the violent building was just spectacular. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Um, also, in the... Which apparently this was not supposed to be known, but in an article, like a tell-all, it was discovered that there was a, a building called the Incontinence Ward. Oh, my. And only three attendants per 350 patients. Oh, my God. So, like, I mean, oh there's no way to take care of everyone. No, I mean, you can only focus on one person at a time, and it's probably the most loud, like, right. the, the loudest person. Getting the or, attention. Yeah. Holy shit. So, the hospital paid attendants, just in case people are wondering, like, what did the attendants get out of yeah. this? They paid for a room and board there, like on the property. Wait, the, the employees did or the... The, oh, the, the hospital oh, administrators paid attendance for a room and board, got paid it. them uh, laundry tokens and $2.50 per month, which maybe in the oh. 40s was less Holy laughable. Holy shit. But just probably still not even livable. Right. And so all those ratios I gave you of like how, how badly they were requiring workers yeah the women's wards were even worse oh god there was one attendant for every 250 patients oh my god and on a good night there were two attendants at a time maximum there were ever six people on staff at once well and they're not even being monitored so it's like they right do whatever the fuck they want and so it sparked like i said widespread reforms of mental health facilities but investigative reports in the 1960s found that little had changed in those 20 years. Of course. So now in the 60s, finally enough people have been talking about it and enough tell-alls have come out that by 62 through 1972, Byberry began downsizing, but they were releasing patients without like anywhere to put them. They were <sighs> literally just either sending them to hosp other hospitals if they were lucky or literally just kicking the them street. out and putting them on the street. Oh, God. And still, there were still patients that were there. They were just trying to downsize and got rid of like 2,000 at a time and just... Because right. also the building was originally meant for 2,100 people and at its worst, it was over 6,500 patients. Oh, so it was like my God. over 300% capacity. Um, the patients that did stay were still neglected and abused. Because of the lack of help, a lot of patients were able to escape without even being noticed. I mean, um, yeah, I guess not shockingly. They were able to rape and murder each other. Ugh. And they, a lot of them also died by suicide and nobody even noticed for like weeks on end. Oh, God. In 1987, the governor thoroughly researched the hospital 
And he was like, what the fuck is going on? He placed an order that the hospital be closed immediately. What year was that? Sorry. 87. Oh my God. We've skipped ahead another 20 years. It's still going on. So. Holy shit. Okay. He said it should be closed immediately, but there were some issues. I couldn't really figure out what the issues were. I think it was that there were so many and I didn't know what to do with most of these people. But even though it was supposed to be shut down immediately because they still had such a big population, it was slowly, slowly, slowly getting taken out. So the closure of the building was done in several phases and took three years. And by 1990, there were only five patients left. So the last five were released in 1990. So not too long ago. I was going to say that's literally not that long ago. That's Um, horrifying. So here are some of the really rancid things that happened to these people. Great. Okay. Let me just see how long this is going to take. Let's let's do this thing. All right. Oh, my. It's a lot. Okay. There are reports of excrement in the corridors because also i mean if you're talking about this quote incontinence war right right like what do you think is gonna happen when nobody's changing these people Mm -hmm. um patients lying for days in urine soaked beds Mm -mm. beatings and sexual abuse the incontinence ward itself was a concrete slab of floor with no chairs no activities no therapy not even a radio and the violent ward because i told you i'd bring it up um was also called the death house because there was one room that had there was one room in the whole ward um that had rows of men strapped and shackled to oh bed frames my god, oh my god in one of the tell-alls this guy said that there was a patient in the violent ward who quote was able to get himself loose he was a very dangerous fellow he had only one cuff and strap on and he got out he had a spoon that had been broken off at the end and was sharpened almost oh to a god. knife oh edge my god, yeah. After he was loose, he went to another patient that was strapped down and jabbed him in the side of the neck on top of his shoulder and drove the spoon down about an inch deep, just missing the jugular vein. (laughs) End quote. So, like, imagine being, like, strapped down and you can't get away. you can't do anything. You just have to deal with it. I don't know. Die? I mean, yeah. Um, There's another quote about the violent ward and the strap, the being strapped down. Good. Thousands spend their days locked in restraints, which are thick leather handcuffs, mitts, wristlets, locks, straps, and restraining sheets. Hundreds are confined to lodges. So a lot of people are in restraints. Other people are in lodges. And the lodges are, quote, bare bedless rooms reeking with feces only lit through half-inch holes in steel-plated windows. Like during the day, too. So at night, it's just a black room. just in a dark, dark. Oh, my God. Instead of... This is no longer a quote, but... Instead of tending to the patients, the staff sometimes, like, didn't know what to do with them. Because also, they weren't qualified. These are people literally off the streets. Oh my God. Or, like, former patients, right? Or, like, yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Or, like, former prisoners. And, like, they're, like, doing this so like, like, they won't go to they... jail. Right. It's, like, community service. They're getting like, paid $2 a month. What are they going to do? Like, and since try they... to give therapy to 300 people they're in charge of? I right. Mean, yeah. I mean, some of the patients, the current patients are the attendants for younger patients. Fucking hell. So, since they didn't know what to do with people who were being unruly... They would just put them in four-point restraints, sometimes for months at a time. Oh, God, it's sick. As recent as the 1980s, one resident's name was William, and he was in restraints for over 14 months. but... Possibly up to three years. Oh. Just all of your limbs just strapped down, you can't do anything. For three years. It's... And that was... sick. In the 80s. That was not too long ago. Oh, my God. That's sick. By... torture. By 1970, so that was 20 years before it closed. Mm Mm-hmm. There had been at least 57 deaths attributed solely to patient neglect. So that doesn't oh, that doesn't God. count the murders. Violence. That doesn't count starvation. That doesn't count violence. It's that's just neglect. Oh. That's just like being left alone, just not knowing what to do and withering away. Right. 
a lot of other patients either escaped or wandered off and then died on their own by suicide. Oh, God. One instance, there was someone who escaped and then reconsidered because it was so cold. Oh, no. And tried to come back inside. But literally, there were so few people on staff that he was looking for staff to bring to him back get in. get back inside. And he couldn't get back inside. For God's sake. He tried to, like, knock on doors and knock on windows and wave at people. And they didn't even, either they weren't paying attention to him or they weren't there. Or they saw him and didn't think he was an inmate. And just let him... Or just were like, we have too many people in here. He can stay out there. Exactly. So he literally ran away. How sad. And came back to be put back in and locked up. And they didn't bring him or see him. Ugh. And he ended up dying outside from the cold. Oh, God. Okay. Patients were also beaten with sawed-off broom handles and rubber hoses filled with buckshot. Oh, my and God. a few... There's a few reports of patients' jaws being broken by the attendants. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Doctors... This is where it gets extra fucked up because it's not just, like, oh, attendants. It's, like, professionals. Sure. Doctors would pull teeth without Novocaine and would perform medical procedures and give stitches without painkillers. Oh, that's my nightmare. Because, quote, the doctors had been taught that people with schizophrenia did not feel pain. Right, that is sensible. What the fuck? I know, I know. But that was literally a quote of, like, what the doctors were told. That's so The doctors were told. Why aren't you a fucking doctor and, like, know that that's not true? That's messed up. Other medications, instead of not being used at all, were overly used intentionally to sedate people. And when they weren't even meant to be... So just drugging people up. Just drugging people with whatever you can find just to keep them quiet. Oh, God. There was also a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company... That opened a lab inside Byberry because they had to deal with the hospital that they could do extensive testing no. on the patients. Oh, no. Patients who were unable to understand or consent. Sure. But did not have family. So, like, oh, they, no. they didn't have anyone like that. connections to. Like, there was no family that was going to call and be like, where is my son? What I can't see to him. My uncle, yeah. So, if they didn't have family. If they were unable to understand or consent to these experiments, the doctors would coerce them into volunteering for drug trials. Because if anything happened to them, nobody was going to look for them anyway. In 1919, there were multiple employees who admitted to strangling a patient until his eyes popped out. And then those employees were kept on staff and given raises. I mean, I just don't even have... Mm -mm. So the staff uh, killed the patients. The patients were also killing other patients. One patient, wild, one patient was raped and dismembered. Mm. And then her body parts were placed all over the property. And she was left on the property. And that was by a fellow patient. And there was such neglect in this hospital that nobody even noticed she was gone until weeks later when people had started finding her body parts all over the property. It wasn't like attendants found it's like they it's were like walking I found an arm in the garden or something well they never even reported it. they found patients just playing with teeth and stuff oh, because oh and no. because they you know didn't know what was going on they were just playing with it and thought they were toys that they found in the yard or something and they'd walk by and be like why do you have a toe why do you have an ear why do you have teeth why do you have a nose and then they realized oh who is this and then just, figured out that someone was missing just the fact that someone can dismember an entire body with nobody noticing and sprinkle it on the lawn and just like casually like no one notices just the amount i and this is another quote of things that have happened here padded cell padded cells restraining devices solitary confinement beatings lobotomies electroshock therapy and to top it all off the water cure ask me what the water cure is do i have to an attendant, this is an actual whole quote, so everything I'm going to say is one big quote. Okay. An attendant soaked a large towel in water, 
After wringing it out, he clamped the towel around the patient's neck. Mm. The attendant pulled the ends together and began to twist. Huh? First, he tightened the oh. noose. He's literally like, yeah. kill, like choking Strangling him. this person. Then he gave the towel a slow turn to let the patient know what was in store for him. So turning it. Uh-huh. The patient begged for mercy, but the twisting continued. The patient's eyes bulged, his tongue swelled, and his breath labored. At length, his body fell back on the bed, and his face was dreadful white, and he did not appear to be breathing. Fifteen minutes elapsed before he showed signs of returning to life, and the patient was officially, as the doctors call it, subdued. Right. So they were doing that intentionally so to sedate them. Oxygen if they deprived. Did, yeah. So they are choking them with wet ass literally towels. Literally cutting off oxygen to their brain so that they're sedated. But in like a torturous. In a torturous way where they know they're getting strangled. What and the fuck? the reason that they would do that with a wet towel is because apparently that way it left no physical marks on the body so that no superintendent would find out that the attendants were doing that. So it wasn't even like demanded by the hospital. It wasn't even like. It was just a trick that oh, you found out along right, the way. Right. It wasn't like, oh, water maybe will help something. It's right. just like, so we don't show a mark. Yeah fucking hell so um one thing i also found out last minute but i didn't write it down but to the best of my knowledge they a lot of superintendents apparently like a swinging door they were just kept getting replaced and everyone knew about this abuse but remember i told you in the beginning that this hospital kept getting a name change they were changing it on purpose instead of actually having any reform they were just changing it so that when in life magazine it said byberry state right hospital is x y and z horrible they would just change the name so nobody could look up that right, place again sure to cut the association yeah so they're just changing their name left and right they're changing the name of the superintendent <sighs> left and right just totally trying to cover just, like, up evading any sort of like they know what they're doing right like it's right. not like right the guy up top has no idea so then in 1990 it officially closed and state abandoned until 2006 and state authorities finally bulldozed it in 2006 and for a while was an empty field but now is being transformed ironically into a residential community for seniors i'm just imagining the kind of shit that these people see in their yeah waking nightmare like i just right, can't right. even fathom so as of now i think it's officially a residential home okay or a residential community home okay so some of the spirits are this is the things that i got i couldn't find too many articles about any ghosts involved so that's why i gave a disclaimer earlier about like it's a smaller list than usual because yeah Anything that I did see, they were so focused on how horrible it was right, before right, ghosts right, right. were there. Well, I mean, it makes you think there's probably hundreds of ghosts. Right. Like, how do you even imagine. keep track of all that? Yikes. So the the list that I was able to gather from different blurbs, half of it is from when there, it was just an empty lot. Oh. Because um, for a while, there's, I think I got one article where someone had looked around before they bulldozed it. And then most of it is when it was an empty lot. Can you imagine how creepy that empty lot was, though? Like, Yikes. Ugh. And then apparently underneath this entire building the whole time were tunnels in between all the buildings that are called the catacombs. Oh, man. So apparently the catacombs are also We love a good haunted tunnel. Love a good catacomb. Oh, my God. Full of catacombs. So while it was closed, but it still existed, it became a magnet for several unwelcome visitors, including gangs, former inmates, thieves. Former inmates. That's so sad. Yeah. They just like came Well, because they had nowhere to go and they just like went back just to have shelter. And, of course, our favorite satanic cults. <laughs> Great. Love a good catacomb satanic cult. <laughs> so, um, the cults apparently have opened up a portal. <laughs> oh, good. Because um, there's a whole lot of stuff that people are seeing in the form of shadow people and mm. growling and stuff like that. So, most stories, like I said, come from one article from when the building was abandoned, but the rest come from the tunnels oh, okay. when it was an empty lot. Ugh, creepy. Um, 
So there's heavy breathing, damp hands grab you. Oh, that reminds me of the towel. Uh-uh. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I just thought like people were like sweating because they were scared. I mean, that's probably crazy. But no, also someone could have been holding a towel and they're trying to grab you now. <gasps> Yikes. Yeah. Either way. The feeling of being strangled. Mm-hmm. Towel. There it is. People will black out when they're walking around. <sighs> someone has been slapped on the back and people experience feeling stinging on their wrists and ankles. And people feel themselves getting groped and their oh. shirts tugged and their feet held down so they can't walk. Oh, and the, the, the stinging probably from like being held down. Yeah. Oh, I imagine God. like a rug burn or something because they were leather, the leather and canvas. Stuff. So fuck the catacombs under the buildings. Apparently in the tunnels, people see a lot of shadow figures and footsteps following you. Or they'll also hear footsteps turning the corner, like at the very end. So you think there's actually like a homeless person living there. And right. so that will scare people away. But then they never find anything. Oh, okay. So for all, a lot of these things could just be people still squatting in there. Right, right, right. But obviously, like, I would like to believe that it's paranormal. You can hear growling in front of you, and you can hear wailing screams in the back of the tunnels. <sighs> um, body welts will form on you, and three, like, the three claw mark scratches oh, have shown up on people. Rocks will be thrown at you from behind, and nothing's there. And people's cameras and equipment... Um, have been lost even though like they just sat it down for a minute it'll just be gone right and people have had the items taken right out of their pockets whoa and like can't find them so again people have said like oh maybe it's just a pickpocket or someone that just like knows the place better than you and can grab it when you're not looking but i like to think it's a ghost it seems kind of weird that you wouldn't notice like your own pocket like your own zipped up pocket getting taken out well especially if there's no one else around Right. Like, I've gotten pickpocketed, like, in a subway station because there's people everywhere. But right. not, like, in an empty, abandoned... Whatever. Whatever. Apparently, there's also EVPs of children, growls, and screaming for help. Um, there's the feeling of hatred, the feeling of being stared at by 100 people when you're alone. Ugh. And children have been heard playing. Uh-uh. A man has been heard laughing nonstop. Oh, my God. And you actually, the creepier thing about the man laughing nonstop is you never know what direction he's coming from. It just sounds all around you. Ew. Sadly, you can still smell. This isn't physical. I think this is actually like a paranormal thing, but residual smells of urine and fecal matter. Oh. Um, you can hear the sound of shackles moving, and people have been seen walking the perimeter of the land and then vanishing. Ooh. Also, that could just be someone walking around and then just like running behind a tree. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, definitely the growling and stuff is harder to explain than, right. than the guy walking. Then the guy's being like, whoop. <laughs> Um, and then finally, there is a legend under the tunnels that there is a former patient who lives in there with a knife ready to stab anyone uh. who tries to come near him. And well, I that's tried a fun legend. I tried looking up things about like if anything's happening as as it's a retirement home. Yeah. And if anyone has experienced anything with that. But I think because those people are older, whatever stories they say, people kind of just take with a grain of salt. Sure, and sure. So nothing's been reported, but I am... Well, and I'm sure that... The, I imagine if you live there and yeah. sleep on those grounds, you see a whole lot of shit. And I'm imagining that, like, the people who work there aren't going to, like, go spouting ghost stories when they want people to... Right. Be, like, send their elderly parents to the home. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we hear demons all the time. It's like, your mom says that she sees children laughing in the corner, <laughs> but we... Maybe not. But Hopefully we're, not. We're raising rent prices, by the way. Although that is a fascinating conversation, though, about, like, do you think, if they report something, is that someone actually seeing something right. and it is a paranormal right. experience? Or... Because I have, I have two friends. You met one in D.C. Mm-hmm. who are mediums. Right. One of my medium friends, she for a long time was working with children. Right. And she worked with children who, you know, deal with some mental differences. Development, developmental. Developmental issues. Yeah. And 
there was one that she became really close with who people thought that he was go. they hadn't figured out a diagnosis from because he was so young but he said that you know people were talking to him right. and he could see things and this is just one very specific case i'm not speaking for sure. everyone i don't want people thinking i like it's not a blanket statement yeah. right not a blanket statement just one specific case but she became really close to this little kid and everyone was saying oh he says he sees things and people are talking to him and then he felt comfortable enough to start telling her about this stuff. And as a medium, she was like, he was right. There were people right next to him that I could see. Ah! And he was saying like, oh, there was one guy that apparently, as my friend says, was a demon. Because oh. he looked like a demon, was a dark fa shadow figure that like was felt evil. malicious intent. Apparently, the little boy called him grandpa. Oh! And... Uh -oh. would say like oh grandpa you know grandpa's doing this grandpa's doing that grandpa's saying i have to do this uh oh and my friend was like i mean there's no way to explain that to someone but that's actually a demon like so the telling him he's his grandfather yeah and so but then apparently she went to the kid's parents at one point and said like you know he's always talking about his grandpa being near him have you heard any of this and didn't want to say hey your kid is being followed by a demon sure. but just said like oh when did your grandpa pass and the parents were like, oh, he has both of his grandparents. There's oh, my God. So he, just a random thing was trying to get close to him and said, you can call me a grandpa. Oh, my God. And so the thing would whisper things to him and he'd be like, no, I can't do so that. Don't make me do that. grandfather hadn't even passed. It wasn't even like. <laughs> right. It was just something trying oh, to no. attach to him. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So, I mean, one specific instance. <laughs> However, it does make you think it's like, you know if how like sometimes there are paranormal things you just can't explain yeah so yeah and uh i imagine they probably don't advertise it at the senior probably not living center <clears throat> probably not maybe we can do an undercover sting operation oh yeah yeah we'll get my gammy in there we'll <laughs> oh i was gonna say we go but i guess that makes more sense she'll be our mole yeah right, yes yeah, yeah i love it yeah she'd probably be on board oh for sure you know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes 
And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, that was dark. I think so. I It was... Interesting to hear a true crime. I mean, that was pretty true crime. It was criminal what they were doing. In oh, my well, opinion. yeah. It was very, very crime heavy. I wanted it to be. Um, I was reading the history and I was like, oh, the haunted stuff is going to be killer. No, I didn't mean it like that. But yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I thought like the. I was like, there's definitely going to be ghosts. ground for shit like that. Exactly. Yeah. So then I kept reading it, and at the bottom it would be like the haunts. There would be like two or three things. And I was right. like, what the hell? How is there not more information about this? There's but probably. I guess it's because they knocked it down. Right, right, right. And I'm sure so there's people no... aren't like wandering around there like, right. I mean, maybe they are. But well, they also, they also knocked it down like in the 90, between the 90s oh. and 2006. So like, I don't think there was a lot there of people like. There wasn't much time to gather store, I feel like, before they turned it into the. And was the internet like, I feel like the internet was still kind of too new to pe- for people to just be like wanting to post a bunch of ghost stories. Right, it was like you in know? the forums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so I couldn't find too it much. It wasn't like a thought catalog article right. about it. Oh, I love thought catalog. Me too. All right. Well, my story is also very fucking disturbing. Oh, great. I say that now, but like I'm going to hate it. But thank you. Yes. For the entertainment. Yeah, wait, you're going to like, I mean, like this one-ish, I think. Okay, this is the story of Armin Mivis, a.k.a. the Rotenburg Cannibal. I mean, you say cannibal and I say say more. <laughs> yeah. So buckle up armin mivis was born in 1961 in essen which is um where my dad was born actually really yeah a little town in northern germany Hmm. um when he was three his family bought a manor in the heart of west germany with 36 rooms okay but that's literally the one you live in at home anyway in cincinnati (laughs) well there's a christine literally lives in a 36 room manor (laughs) just in case anyone was wondering a haunted ass cobweb filled this is how old her house is she still has a, a a bathroom in there where the toilet is separate from the sinks that's how old that house is there was a priest that died there M does not like it no i don't and he also got a he put a elevator into that house and now the elevator is like kind of half on one floor and half on the other and there's yeah. like brooms in there because they just made it like a we do a store it's storage <laughs> the elevator that's pretty the most cre- bougie thing i've ever heard oh our elevator just storage <laughs> Well, the elevator itself is, like, creaky and scary, and we used to ride it all the time, but it, it was, like, you know how they would have those, like, maintenance, last checked, and it was, like, last checked, like, 1963, and I was, like, oh, good, we're gonna die in this someday. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. I mean, my house is literally owned by the Catholic Church, so that's how fucking Catholic my family is. I really wish I could show people a picture of what the front view of Christine's house looks like, because <laughs> it really... And then it's, the inside, for comparison. Well, and then the inside. But the outside, when you're standing... 
out on the street and looking at her house, there's a fucking cemetery. It looks like oh, it's oh, sitting oh. in the cemetery. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, we're technically like on the property of the cemetery. Well, yeah. I literally I've sent that picture to people now, and I'm like, that's Christine's house, and they're like, <laughs> of course she has a fucking true crime podcast and like has a lot well, of wine. I, I don't know if I've told this and has a lot of wine. Yes, I don't know if I've told this on the show. I probably have, but um, my first week there, we moved in, and I was 14, and my mom was like, or 13 or something. My mom was like. Like, holy shit, there's a cemetery right there. And she's like, don't worry. It's not in use anymore. It's like an eight, 19th century cemetery. Um, I'm like settling in, going into my new room for the first time. I wake up one morning and like open the curtains and they're lowering a casket into the ground outside my freaking window. Welcome home. I was like, and I ran downstairs and my mom threw a fit because the people who used to live there were like, no, it's a defunct cemetery. No, it's a very active cemetery. Eva, have you seen this house? Okay. I need her to have a microphone when she sees us for the first time. Oh, well, it's not that. You're getting everyone's hopes up. It's not that exciting. Okay. I haven't even seen this photo. (laughs) Let me see. Oh, my God. That's a lot of graves. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Oh, yeah. I think you've lived there for too long to realize what this looks like to other people. (laughs) It's really, like, right out of, like, a horror movie. Yeah, my window's in the attic, so, like looking down i just saw this casket being and people sobbing and i was like oh so now like in the mornings i mean i literally watch funerals all the time <laughs> like, okay. i just would watch okay funerals. that's not normal man I, <laughs> I i love you for thinking it's like okay but like <laughs> but like other people might not but, well i think my mom just always thought like treated it as so not like because i'd be like whoa and she was like calm down Nothing's very interesting about it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, this is amazing. Well, you, I mean, it was just kind of written in the stars that I would find you and be (laughs) like, we need to be friends. We were destined. Because that really like, oh, I'm not going to like, obviously put your mom's house online, but I wish I could show people pictures of that. I'll have to do like a sketch, like my own drawing version of it. Just your own little drawing. Just a lot of graves. A recreation of the picture. Use Eva's description. That's a lot of graves. And then you get an idea. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big ass And that's like the actual view from from down on the street. And from my window. It's beautiful. Anyway, Um, I'm sorry. I totally took away your... No, no. uh, Yeah, it's a good... uh, it's a good... You should use it as an icebreaker in a game sometime. Like, oh, you know, a lot of graves. I mean, I do, and, like, people don't like it, so that's oh. why we're friends. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, anyway, watch a lot of funerals growing up. Back to this. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, his family bought a manor. I don't believe it was on a cemetery, but... Fingers crossed. You never know. Um, 36 rooms. A neighbor remembers Armin as a small child. He had a white pony. I didn't have one of those. <laughs> named Polly. Hmm. Um, and during Easter vacation, he would take this other neighbor boy who like they were, who was interviewed later around town in the carriage and they would just drive around. It okay. Was, it sounds like maybe a nicer manner. <laughs> yeah. There was a carriage and a pony and no cemetery. So I mean, you had a bishop in an elevator. <laughs> I did have a Catholic so. priest in a wheelchair who died there. So, <laughs> so what about it? What of it? <laughs> so it was like this idyllic, they'd like land and they would ride the pony and they were living in West Germany. Like all was good. Um, September 1970, he was nine years old, playing with his same friend in the garden when Armin heard his parents arguing. And then he saw his father climb into the family car and drive off. And Armin tried to run after him but couldn't stop him. And his father never came back. Aww. Very sad. Very traumatic. So sad. Yeah. So he lost his father, basically, for better. I mean. And watched it happen. For lack of Yikes. a better term. Yeah. And, like, felt like he was trying to bring him back and couldn't bring him back. Right. So soon after that, he had two older brothers, uh, half brothers, and they left pretty soon after that for like their own school Reasons. or jobs or whatever. Um, and so his whole world basically fell apart. 
Um, his mother did not cope well either. She developed a fantasy life in which she was the lady of the manor mm. and would dress up in clothes from medieval times and treat Armin as her little servant and never let him leave her side. Interesting. Healthy mother-son relationship. Mm -hmm. And as a way to escape his own real life, which is now his mother's dream life. So he's like, his life is now living in his mother's crazy fantasy. So he developed his own like fantasy life in which um, he had an imaginary friend named Frankie, who he initially imagined as like an older brother figure since he had lost the three men in his life. And over time, though, uh, he says this, father, this figure turned into someone that he developed, like, lustful feelings for. I so see. it turned into, like, this kind of figure of, like, an attractive guy that he was sure. attracted to. Um, the following year, he was probably, like, 10 years old, um, he read a little something called The Adventures of Robinson Crusoe. Hmm. And in it, he discovered a new concept called cannibals. Ooh. So Armin at this point, he's like in his preteen years and he becomes obsessed with the the notion of eating other people. Hmm. Um, and he spends hours at the butcher shop watching as the butchers cut up raw meat in fascination. Can you, can you imagine that kid in the town? Like, oh, there's that kid again. He just there he is watching raw meat. Get <laughs> the poor butcher up. being like, I'm just trying to do my job. I, really? Like, <laughs> I, I don't just really. Go. I don't enjoy this. Why do you enjoy this? It's so fucked up. Uh, fast forward, he's 19 years old in 1981, um, and he leaves home to join the West German Army. So he, at this point, decides he wants to be a professional soldier, and he actually spent 12 years in the armed forces. Um, he was comfortable there. He was around, like, other guys. He had, like, a way to kind of have dominance over people, even if it was just figuratively. He dated a few women during this time, but nothing really worked out, especially because his mother never approved, always saying nobody was good enough for him. Mm. And she also often accompanied him on their dates. Oh, <laughs> Mood very <killer>. Linda. Very <laughs> Linda. No, I'll just be really quiet. I'll just be really. Remember that time when when, uh, when Christine was home, my mom took us out to dinner and we were trying to count all the <laughs> all of my boyfriends I had before I was like out of the closet. <laughs> Um, and my mom was like, oh, what about that boy I tried to hit with my car? <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> so Linda's been involved in some dates too, apparently. Oh my God. She should have moved into a manor on a cemetery. She probably she, could have a great time. It's called destiny. It just hasn't happened yet. Don't worry. <laughs> We're building this future. Yeah. <laughs> this idyllic fantasy life for our mothers. Mom, are you listening? Mom. Hello. Fresh. So, uh, da da da. His mom's always coming on dates. Buzzkill and a half. Right. Um, he even took his mom to a military dance as his date, which sounds cute, but like wasn't because he was basically forced to bring her as a date. It wasn't like, oh, right. cute. I brought my mom. It was like, no, 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 of it's course. Not, yeah, right. It's not cutesy, I guess. Because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. No, apparently nobody was into it. Um, he also that same night, like apparently got drunk and crashed his car, lost his license and then got drunk and crashed his car the week after that. So, oh, my God, things aren't going well. Let's just put it not that hot, way. not hot. Um, and he, surprise, surprise, did not succeed as a professional soldier. After 12 years, he moved back in with his mother, who had had a bad car accident. I'm wondering now if it's the same one. Right. I, drunk in. I'm it's like, like, wait, too many car accidents at once. They must overlap at some point. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're just used to riding horses all the time. I don't know. Oh, they're right. Not, yeah. Don't know how to drive a car. Right. They're so used to their ponies. <laughs> Polly. Right. <laughs> Um, so Armin was now responsible as like her quote unquote child servant. He's, you know, in his twenties or no, he's like in his thirties now, but he was basically in charge of taking care of her. Um, and he said it was just terrible. He could barely leave the room without her, like, like banging her cane and demanding help or soup right. or whatever she needed. Help or soup. Help or soup. One of the two. One of the two. <laughs> That's what I always say. Help or soup. Or G Pictionary. Give me one or give me the other. <laughs> Jesus Nailed it. I'm really su suffering today. 
Uh, yeah. So he was at her beck and call. And three years later, after living like this for three years, she passed away of a heart attack. Not again, like he kind of derailed because he, even though was that even though he was frustrated with by her, like she was the controlling figure in his life. And so right. now she's gone too. Um, so he reportedly constructed a shrine to her in the house um, with a plastic mannequin that he would lay on the pillow each night. Very Nor- mm. Norman Bates. Uh, Very Norman Bates. In my opinion. And at first I was like, I don't know, because I watched interviews with him and I was like, that seems didn't strike me as right. But then they did a like video tour through his manor and there was a freaking mannequin in the bed. And I was like, OK, maybe either they oh planted that, which is entirely possible. Or it's been there all along. <laughs> or it's just a creepy ass mannequin that he uh, pretended was his mother. So who knows? Um, but also it's a 36. I mean, I have weirder shit in my house back home than a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> 36 graves maybe <laughs> 3600 maybe um yeah so he went on uh speaking of speaking of your forum your ghost forum he went on mm-hmm. the world wide web which he had recently Ooh. discovered mm-hmm. oh to my kind of find an escape and this was the early days of the net i think it was probably the 90s at this point um and he developed an interest in pornography as so many people have no judgment throughout the ages until it gets weird Pretty soon, he uh, developed a liking for violent porn. There it is. And soon after that, which is, you know, BDS, it's not... Oh, I wasn't thinking BDSM. I was thinking, like, Pain Olympics. Oh. No? Do you know what that is? I don't... We'll talk afterwards. Yeah, let's change the subject. <laughs> we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> uh, or let's not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he developed an interest in pornography. Okay, standard. But then it developed into, like, a liking for violent porn. And then soon after that, uh, he just so happened to stumble. He said... He literally used the word stumble stumbled upon some cannibal forums mm. um the main website he found was called the cannibal cafe <laughs> oh uh, a now defunct forum for people with cannibalism fetishes uh but your girl found the link and yeah <laughs> went did a little dive into the dark web <laughs> so that's a little good. deep dive into the deep web <laughs> yeah yeah some dark shit up there uh not a shocker i guess uh, it's an archived link now, but you can still click through a lot of it, and a lot of it's still in the. Are you changed the recesses? It's uh, it's like very fascinating until it's like not until it's like this is too much for me. Like once you find the line, you know you've found the I line, found the and line. it's too late. I did, and it was indeed too late. Um, so basically, when you click on it, it is like exactly what you imagine, like a two thousand website right of the time it's like a forum right and it's like the the background was like bricks like yeah very yeah, cool yeah. bricks there was like fl- a flashing graphic at the top that literally said warning so the site i looked into the site too and it was run by this guy named Pero loco okay uh which is a pseudonym but he worked as an emt then worked at a fly fishing store and then developed his own cult mm. this is a natural transition outstanding citizen outstanding his site had this site, this uh, caf- cannibal cafe, had a human livestock section. What? Where he would post photos of women to be sold and used as slaves to be eaten. Oh, yeah. I should also mention this gets really fucked up. So if you're don't eat, don't eat while you listen to this. I'm not kidding. Because I watched mm. a documentary on it and I was like, nope, not hungry. Don't do it. Um, wow. Also, it's gr- it's just graphic. Sure. Like, it just gets very graphic. I imagine. Just, just warning. Okay. Um, he had an application that I actually found. <laughs> that you could fill out to become a hum a female they called it like a female livestock applicant or something i don't know to be to to be someone who now has a no to be the person the, to be the, the person the who... woman who gets eaten yes oh to be the to be so like to a, be like a consensual meat. to be a consensual yes, pers- to, participant yes to be yeah. the meat because i know there there are people who are like are happy to offer part of themselves to yes, be eaten exactly that's so what, it was that 
was just asking for clarification. Yes. The human livestock section. I feel like I will have a differing opinion whether or not these female women were consensual. It's all consensual. Okay, so I, I judge it a little less. The notion behind it is all consensual, right? Okay, I judge it a little less because at least that's that takes it's away consensual. the forced aspect. Got it. It's <clears throat> it's messed up in a lot of other ways, in my personal opinion, but it is technically it's like one percent less scary to me currently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's less scary in that like. Nobody got roped into it by accident, right? Yes. Um, Although his own daughter uh, (gasps) applied and was on, was a lot, I don't know. Interesting. That brings up several other conversations we could have sometime. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of just legal and moral, like, shit going on here. Yeah. Just, like, dilemma left Do you know if it's, like, a nature versus nurture thing that she also is interested in cannibalism? Like, do they share this together? Or, like, did she find it on her own? There was, like, that was all I found. It was just, like... Sorry, I the just, psychology part of me is, like, no, blowing it's, up it's right really now. it's really wild. And, like, it, apparently I read something that, like, when she signed up, he was like, wait, what the fuck? No, like, because oh. it was, like, a very sexual thing, too. And he was like, I, I don't want my own daughter. But he was like, well, it's consensual. And I guess his favorite word was consensual. And so anything right. that ever happened was consensual. And the only rules on the site were, like, no minors. And Well, that's good. Yeah, which was, like, <laughs> good rule to start with. Sure. There's one other rule I don't remember. It was something very basic like that, though. Got like, it. No, I, I only consent, maybe <laughs> something about consent, probably. Um, but yeah, so it's a little icky, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but the the whole eating, the, it, listen, whatever. it's just something I would never do. So I'm, I'm ignorant to it. Yeah. Same so. here. Same here. Um, so again, I'm like fascinated. I'm like clicking through and a lot of it is like, it's like f- fiction, you know, people are writing like, oh, I'm going to cook up literally one of them was like i'm gonna eat miley cyrus and described like how they would do that and i was like can you imagine if you found yourself on there and they people wow. were describing like how i feel like would... the only person who gets to really be offended by that is miley <laughs> right but that's what i'm saying like, yeah i know, I know. all these like random people they You'd were like, like writing the basically fan going on? fiction right of like eating celebrities which the fiction stuff definitely didn't have any consent involved because it, it was just like i don't think miley signed anything no, that no. said she was down with that <laughs> no, i mean if she did great for her but i don't think she did <laughs> So basically, I was like, oh, this is super fascinating. And then I found a post by someone named Frankie. Okay. Remember Frankie? That was his, that was Armin's oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. imaginary friend. Okay. Name. Got it. So his post from 2001 said he was, so he found this form, right? He's like in it, on it, loving it. He f- posts something in 2001 that says he's looking for a well-built 18 to 30 year old to be slaughtered and then consumed. So originally he gets many replies, but people keep backing out and he's like, okay, I mean, he has no interest in like having anyone do this against their will. So he's just, he's getting frustrated, but he's like waiting for someone who wants to be involved. Um, So he waited for the next response. And then finally he got a message from a man named Bant Brandes, an engineer from Berlin. And Bant wanted desperately to be eaten. He had faced his own troubles in life. Um, His mother had died by suicide when he was a little boy. His family life was really unhappy. He had come out as gay and like his father was not on board. He just had like lost a lot of people in his life and was basically a very troubled young man. Um, Back in the Berlin sex scene, he was known for his interest in violence and mutilation. Mm -hmm. Um, And like they interviewed some of his friends who were like, yeah, he asked me to do like some wild stuff that I was like, I wasn't crossing the line right for them. But he said nothing had ever been enough. And so he uh, said he wanted to find the ultimate satisfaction, which was to be eaten. Hmm. And so he signed up. Question. Yes. So I feel like to be satisfied, you have to have you have to experience it yourself and like be able to reflect upon it. So how does he feel like? Yes, you'll see. 
Okay. Yes, that is part of it, though. I you're was going right. to say, like, how, how are you going to be satisfied if you never get to actually witness it because you're dead? No, you're not dead. I hear it. So unfortunately he, for everyone listening, it gets it's it all gets very nasty. alive. <laughs> well, because um, I do know that I know there's two different types of, like, people who are, in, like, consensually interested in being eaten. Yes. And one of them is, like, slowly, like, taking parts of themselves off so that they can watch the other person do it or... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert in cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. I just know that I've seen... Um, well, so what's the other type? The one that's like, it's basically... To be killed ass- first. It's like an assisted suicide, basically. Yeah. And to then be- it's like, since I know there was a, this famous like Craigslist cannibal who like wanted someone, wanted to eat somebody. And then this guy was like, well, I'm, I'm ready to not be here anymore. So once I pass, you I mean, have my permission. I think this permission. is probably that story. Okay. Maybe. I think this might be. This is one of the more famous. Maybe. I mean, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Though, so. Well, we'll see. Because this is pretty recent and it's pretty famous. But okay. we'll see. But it is like the same concept. So Got it. I would say it's a healthy mix of both of those types of healthy, yes. cannibalism. <laughs> healthy is just the word I'm going to use. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, they meet at the train station. So he signs up and the guy's like, you better be serious. This guy band is like, you better be serious. Like, I'm not fucking around. Got it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm totally serious. So they email back and forth, make a plan. Um, so on March 9th, 2001, they meet at the train station in Rotenburg, which is where Armin is now living. Got it. And they go back to Armin's house, the 36 room manor. I hear you. And Armin makes coffee. Um, they have sex and then they smoke and chat about computers. And I'm reading this like, okay. So they just like hooked up. Like had like a one night stand. Yeah. And we're just like having a good time with mutual interests. I don't know. But then, um, as they're talking, Bant changes his mind because he says he doesn't think Armin is strong enough to do what he wants him to do. Mm. And he has to be taken back to the train station. So Armin's like, okay. So he drives him back to the train station. But right before Bant gets on the train, he has an idea. He says, what if I take 20 sleeping pills, a bottle of cold medicine and half a bottle of schnapps, and then maybe it'll be easier for me to be like subdued or like, I to, hear like okay. go through with this. So to not end his life, but just to be like kind of in a different state of mind right so like he doesn't want to be unconscious for it but he says like maybe if i like get drowsy it'll be easier to accept or to like execute the plan somehow on both of their ends i think right less fear i think it's not fear it's not fear at all like he wants this to be like the worst experience for himself but he also said um he doesn't think armin's going to be able to like do it unless he's somewhat subdued does that make sense yeah okay so he's like i'll just take some sleeping pills and so they go back, he takes the sleeping pills, the cough medicine, and as they agreed in their email exchange, Armin sets up a camera to tape it um, so that they can go back and watch it. Uh, the first thing, the first request Band has was for Armin to bite off his penis. And hmm. he okay. had always wanted to taste his own penis. So he also eats his own penis. <laughs> he has always wanted to. Yes, this is his fantasy. So Armin tries, but couldn't get the job done. So this is why he's trying to subdue himself. So he's like trying to make it easier for Armin to do it. Sure. So he goes to find a knife, but the freaking knife is too dull. So he can't get, cut through it. Wow. Okay. So he goes and gets a bigger knife. I mean, this is like just the most horrible. Right, right, right. Probably like hour long affair of all time. But Right. So according to the video, Bant screams for only about 30 to 45 seconds. And okay. then he like kind of recovers. He's like kind of recovers i pass out from that bleeding kind of pain. profusely yeah um and he says he was hoping uh it would have hurt more really interesting very interesting. i mean he's literally just trying to experience the most pain he possibly can i mean 
that guy's got quite a tolerance if he's only coughing for or coughing that was me. that's you coughing um <laughs> if you're only screaming for like 30 seconds like think, when someone bites I and think cuts pro- your dick off i think probably part of it too is like the shock of your system probably just like the shock of right of right, that right. like adrenaline sure probably just through. like cut off the you know what i mean yeah. I, I mean i don't know obviously i'm no scientist but i imagine I mean, you've never cut a penis off <laughs> is that not what straight couples do i'm confused <laughs> it regenerates right 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 um yeah no so i think i imagine because i mean he's like literally spouting blood like got it I don't, I don't know i don't know i mean i can't i can't imagine that it literally just stops hurting but it might be a mental thing i'm not sure so armin offered Bant his own penis to try which is what he wanted um he it was too thick he couldn't bite into it um, but lawyers who've seen the video say they think he may have been already too weak from blood loss to even oh. bite it. So he was like really di- disappointed. He couldn't he's even, like, he's so, so much blood loss. He can't even chew. He can't even like bite down. Yeah. So he's already like. Were, were his, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. No, I'm no, just fascinated. Fair. So were they, was he cooking it and preparing it or were you just like eating? Cause I imagine it'd be like kind of hard chew through raw human. He. Or was he like, was part of the fun he, to like cook it and he garnish pan, it? He, I, I don't remember if before he tried to offer it to him, whether he had cooked it, but he does cook it after, okay. in the next bullet. Yes. Got he, it. He cooks it. So he couldn't bite into it. I'm pretty sure at this point he had already pan fried it, literally. Okay. Um, pan so, fried it. Pan fried it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the one. There it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so then Bant lays down in the bathtub, bleeding out basically, mm-hmm. while Armin goes into the kitchen to cook Bant's organ for lack of a better term to peen fry it sure uh, he cuts it in half boils the halves then seasons them with salt pepper and garlic but apparently that was disappointingly tough to eat as well even once it was cooked interesting so he fed it to the dog which i read in one article but then i never read about the dog anywhere else so i'm like either someone just added that in there right he could have just thrown it out artistic license exactly exactly because it does make for a good story but i literally never heard anything about a dog anywhere got else. it um so bant is bleeding out in the bathtub basically um and armin decides to not decides to this is the plan sits down in a nearby room to read a star trek novel um, oh that was really already well executed <laughs> into the plan, into the plan. <laughs> yeah all right and every 15 minutes or so he goes checks on bant and several hours later on 3 30 a.m bant he hears him call for him so he gets up and goes to see and bant had climbed out of the bathtub and collapsed from blood loss so yeah he, why wasn't anywhere in their plan like go to the hospital like yeah. afterwards like if you wanted to stay awake well because he didn't he, oh. he wanted to experience it and then he i'm i'm quite sure he wanted to be dead afterwards, dead afterwards. Yeah. i understand so okay. he wanted to experience the pain so that's why i said it was kind of a mix like he wanted to experience pain and he wanted to eat his own flesh he wanted to experience it long enough to stay alive and then he yeah. was like okay and that's it now i've experienced everything exactly got it and then um he wanted to like try his own flesh that was like one of his i mean when in Rome. fantasies right i mean sure. if you're doing it you're doing it um so hearing this part is really sad and disturbing so okay armin describes this in an interview um and he said at this point he doesn't know whether he should move forward with it like or or call the police he's like i don't know um he said he prayed he kissed him on the mouth he picked up his knife then he sets it back down like he just doesn't know what to do and he's like i didn't i guess he hadn't thought about the murder part of it or like the death part of it he had just thought of like everything before everything else yeah exactly so they never like communicated what they are gonna what he wanted he just didn't i think he just didn't morally didn't know what to do he wasn't yeah he felt this is where he kind of grew hesitant um and so he said he didn't know whether to pray to the devil or God. He prayed to God for forgiveness, picked up the knife. After hesitating some more, he cut his throat and ended him. 
Yikes. Okay. And, uh, you know, too late to turn back now. So he removes the head, hangs the body from a hook that was already pre-arranged, then began to dismember him. Uh, the first piece he ate was a piece of his back, which he called a rump steak. He uh-huh. laid out candles, his good dinnerware, and wine. Um, he ate the steak with potatoes and sprouts. And then he said the first bite was hard to describe because it was something he had longed for for over 40 years. And now he finally had the feeling that he was achieving the perfect connection with someone through their flesh. Got it. Okay. So he's like, this is literally all he's thought about for 40 years. I mean, no comment. Yeah. 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 There's healthier ways to achieve. Congratulations. You like finally did something you've been waiting for for 40 years, but also... But also, no, but thank you. A reason that there but were, also, no, thank you. <laughs> there's a reason there were 40 years in between. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, he ate Ban's body over the course of the next 10 months, eating about 44 pounds of his flesh total. Wow. Yeah. He stored the body parts in his freezer under pizza boxes. And then in December of 2002, Armin decides he needs another victim. Oh, he's like, it's unquenchable now. He's like, I'm going to try this again. So he goes back to the form, which is interesting. I feel like it plays into... Well, we'll talk about it this when I get there, but... Okay, but yeah, you're right. It is interesting. To, like, go back and... Right. He wasn't like, okay, that's it. I'm done. You right. Know, and I... You the, would, yeah. Continue. Yeah, continue. We'll talk about it. So, a college student in Austria replied to the post, then asked a few questions, namely, have you done this before? And when Armin said, oh, yeah, I'm experienced, and just in in other words, just know you you're, you wouldn't be my first. Mm-hmm. So, the student is like, uh... Because a lot of this stuff on the website is, like, fiction, and, mm-hmm. like, people put... But then he's like, this guy is rubbing me the wrong way. So he contacts the police and is like, you might want to look into this guy. It seems like he's doing some shady shit, which I was thinking, if you're on a cannibalism forum and you get reported by another person on, on the cannibalism, cannibalism forum for being a cannibal, like, you know, you've crossed a line, I guess. Yikes. Did they, I'm sure you're going to answer, but did they ever sign anything? Like, I don't think so. It was emails, but. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like a contract. Yeah. That's a, that's a tricky, like, is it against the law or not? Very, it's- very tricky. I'm sure you'll and, cover it. Well, yeah, Let's, but it is. It's like inherently I mean, a yeah. dilemma. Yeah. It's like well, they said it was okay. Consenting so. adults, right. Yeah. But then again, you think of assisting, assisted suicide. Like, right. Like that's not legal in that. a lot of places either. So, you know, it's like yeah. iffy. Um. Anyway, so the police show up at his house. Lo and behold, they find his freezer of meat, which he tries to play off as like. Oh, it's a Omaha is, steak. Exactly. <laughs> my, you know, my aunt sent me this for Christmas, but he was arrested. Uh, my Omaha steak. But is meat even good after 10 months? I guess if you keep frozen. frozen it, yeah. Sure, okay. Um, no German laws made cannibalism a crime, which I thought was really interesting. I was interesting, like, really? Because yeah. that's an old-ass country. They have no laws against that? I mean... It's like, you've experienced everything at least once by now, guys. Like, you think so, right? <laughs> you don't have a rule. They've gone through a whole lot of shit, but all right. So um, the charges against him were for murder for the purposes of sexual pleasure and disturbing the peace of the dead, which I was like, mm. oh. He was also the first German citizen and hopefully the last to be charged with love cannibalism. Oh, love cannibalism. <clears throat> which I kind of think is probably just a bad translation. Probably. Again, the artistic license. But I hear you. I like the sound of it. So I like it too. Let's go with it. It sounds like a band. Like I a love you so band. much I could just eat you up. Yeah. That's what I say to Gio all the time. Love cannibals. Oh, am I a love cannibal to Gio? Love cannibals. Oh, baby, baby. I love it. You love cannibal it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. His defense, however, argued that there was no crime since the victim had literally asked for it. Right. Um, the only time that's probably like right. a true statement. Acceptable for it. An acceptable thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, the video showed Band like giving consent and saying like, I want you to do this. So it's literally on video. Right. So there's no oh, denying okay. that. So that's, yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously the emails as well. 
up until the moment he lost consciousness like he was literally bleeding out and he's like no this is what i want so it was there was never like like there was no question of gone like, too far right. right like the whole time he's like this is exactly what i wanted so his lawyer suggested it was more like a mercy killing because at that point you know he's so mutilated whatever right like. right um so his father who the one who had left the family and had literally never contacted them since he disappeared. contacted him all of a sudden no i think he was subpoenaed to like oh. to be a witness um and he was brought to the stand as a witness and told the court that armin had been a well-behaved little boy but had been obsessed with the story of hansel and gretel in particular the chapter about fattening up hansel to cook hansel to cook and eat him the right. witch i was like that's an interesting so he had all these weird like no german listen Hindsight. german children's stories are not nothing to play around with <laughs> let's put it that way um so then remember how i said he was reading robinson crusoe and like mm-hmm. there was a thing about cannibalism cannibalism in there so a criminologist named professor david wilson has studied armin mivis for a long time and when he believes that it all started when he read that passage and in the passage robinson crusoe saves a man named friday from cannibals and they become best friends so professor wilson believes it's this connection to best friendship that sparked this interest of like oh it's like the ultimate connection to another human i see since he had lost the three like men in his life and he was seeking connection with other men they think that was mm. and he was bisexual but or he is bisexual but um he said he only ever wanted like to eat men so i don't know if that was just like the connection of like losing his father <clears throat> yeah, I figure would, i would guess yeah so anyway i just thought that was kind of huh. a weird weird turn of events and so he this guy this professor wilson said literally he thinks that by quote <laughs> i don't think he said it like literally but <laughs> Literally, he thinks that by consuming someone, it's a way of keeping them close to him, of having them permanently with him. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, that way they can't leave. Exactly. Because his father left, he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And so he's literally putting them inside his body. Yikes. Um, So on January 30th, 2004, Mivis is convicted of manslaughter. So they were able to bring it down to manslaughter, which is only a sentence of eight years. Um, In April of 2005, however, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed his sentence saying that he should have been convicted of murder because he killed for sexual gratification, which is a different charge. Mm. And the motive was proved by him having videotaped the crime to use it later for sexually gratifying purposes. So the court ruled that since the original trial had ignored the video as part of like his motive, basically, like they used as evidence, but they didn't say, well, why did he make the video? They used that to disprove the argument that Mivas only killed because he had been asked to kill. Got so it. does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of backwards, but I thought that was super interesting. Um, and then at the retrial, a, a psychologist stated that Mivis could reoffend and still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on May tenth, tw- two thousand six, a court in Frankfurt convicted him of murder and sentenced him to life in prison. Um, wow! Because even though the original psychiatric assessment said, "Well, he's not a danger to anyone." who's not consenting mm-hmm. then in this one they were like yeah but he still desires to eat other people so he could still be a danger I, yeah i got it but he's yeah. still like he could still hurt other people yeah whether they want it or, not, or probably only if they want it but still right um da, da, da. so armin mivis has admitted cannibalizing bant brendis for sexual pleasure has expressed regret for his actions actually a lot of regret he said, today I know what I did was wrong and explained that, this is really sad, neither he, he nor Bant ultimately had either of their fantasies fulfilled. Um, and he explained that's the point of a fantasy. Like, you can dream about it and dream about it, but, like, even if you do something about it, you can never really, like, fulfill right. the fantasy. That's why it's, like, a dream. That's why you can't actually fulfill it. 
So he estimates now that there are probably about 800 cannibals in Germany alone. Based on his experience in the dark web, I don't, wow. I don't know. Good to know. And he plans to write a biography with the aim of deterring anyone who wants to follow his footsteps. There are actually websites now dedicated to him um, and people advertising for willing victims. And he, in response to that, Armin has said they should go for treatment so it doesn't escalate like it did with me. And wow, it's, okay. it's something when he talks about it, he's just like so against it now disturbed by it and like traumatized by it that Mm -hmm. it's like oh this didn't it's not what i thought at all yeah yeah i don't think it's what he planned um about a month ago actually armin's appeal was denied and he continues to serve his life sentence and he has also become a vegetarian so that doesn't tell you something i don't know there you go (laughs) the exact opposite of your fantasy exactly so that is the story of Armin Mivas. And yeah, sorry, that was a lot, but... No, I mean, that was probably one of the ones I've been most fascinated in. I'm very fascinated in cannibalism. And like... Isn't that crazy? I'm just like... It's so beyond my realm of understanding, but, yeah. and I, but I want to understand all of it, but... Well, Allison and I, when we were in San Diego, went to um, a cannibalism exhibit, and that was fascinating. Yeah. And like, also really just... Because you're like, oh, it's fascinating, but then like, some of it's really sad and disturbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. It's just something I, it's one of those things that like, I will never experience. Yeah. And like, Not happily, <laughs> happily, I'll never experience it. But like, being, being a cannibal, hopefully yes, I'm also never eaten. Either way. But like, <laughs> I will, I'll, don't ever expect I'll be a cannibal. Right. But because I'll never have the experience, it just heightens my curiosity of like, oh, since I'm never going to experience it, yeah. I, I want to hear other people's experiences. Yeah. But then also there's luckily few and far between yeah so when you like when you cover one it's super interesting it is interesting it, um i mean they call it the ultimate sin so it's like right right you're literally consuming your own kind it's wild it's wild and like it has so much history and like spirituality i mean maybe not anymore but at least like that. i mean there's when it comes to cannibalism i feel like every aspect of a conversation can get covered between like yeah, psychology and your morals and your beliefs ethical and, like, dilemmas like consent and that kind of thing yeah yeah yep very cool literally I mean, and very it, rare that's why it makes it interesting because you never get to hear about it so when you do you have all these questions yeah yeah anyway so uh this guy armin was born december 1st so i have a little sagittarius scope for us mm, today okay have we done a sag i don't know all right well we will know all um, right i also want to be clear real quick i'm not making this up i don't ever make these up so like some people are like do you just because well you do actively search for ones that are like oh, yeah. more on the nose than others but i only have four sites i use so like i don't like go digging that deep i right. use like four sites and i pick one that's the best this one was on HuffPost front page second link i clicked okay and i just went okay copy paste here we go also like no i don't fucking write them because i'm way too lazy to write an entire fake horoscope right. if i did then like i'd do that for a living right <laughs> it's a lot of work okay <clears throat> from HuffPost, sagittarius Oh, God. Talking about experimenting in the bedroom with your lover will be easy as pie this week. Wow. Easy as pie. That just occurred to That's me, That's the most ironic thing ever. Yikes. You won't have a bit of hesitation when it comes to expressing exactly the type of kink you're craving. Wow. Craving? I didn't even... Wow. Kink and craving. I just... You really got sex and food in both places. Copy-pasted this right in here. This is why I was like, no, like, you can Google it. I literally went on HuffPost. Okay. Especially on Thursday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I don't know what day this took place. <laughs> the only trouble here is that Mercury will go retrograde in your sign on Friday, and it is possible that you will feel as if you need to over-explain everything you did. Mm. Ooh, that's interesting. Yikes. But you don't. But you do. Uh, but you do, though. <laughs> your lover will get the picture perfectly the first time you share your desires. Oh, no. I mean, that's probably true. 
If you're single, there might be some luck on a dating app just when you are about to delete it for good. Yikes. Two on the nose. It is really on the nose. Like two on the nose. Like two on the nose. Eva, yeah. did you write that? <laughs> Eva just guilty contributes to have posts in her spare time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, I just was like, what the fuck? Yep. Really disturbing. Pretty wild. Pretty wild indeed. All right. All right. That's the story of Armin Mivis. I don't have anything else to <laughs> this say. This is a dark episode. Someone wow. was like complaining, not compl- well, kind of complaining that like our it's stories are too happy, too dark at the end, and I was like. Oh. Yeah, that's why we try to do geoscopes and stuff. But yeah, we. What do you expect us to do? I don't we know. try. We and someone's like, "There's not enough jokes during Christine's stories." I was like, "Sorry, haha." <laughs> 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 like it's funnier when like ghosts like try to like tickle you to death or something <laughs> instead of like <laughs> eating you alive. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's mine little... are definitely more easy to joke around with because yeah. they they happened so long ago, and also like everything I say is potentially not true. Right. Like because everything I do is hearsay. Right. You have facts. Right. I'm like, this journalist wrote about this dismemberment. <laughs> right. But if I say like, oh, a ghost looks like a puppy and then he runs away. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> that's funny, adorable and probably not true. So let's make fun of it. So, yeah, there's a little bit of empathy we have to throw around when we do the murder stories. But, you know, I'd rather have it that way and less funny than like joking about people being. Yeah. Either we tell you a story and we are respectful or we make it funnier for you so your call you can't have both (laughs) all right well thank you for listening to our very sad uh sad sad days um i do have one quick announcement which i don't think i've even really told either of you about too much but um i know kind of i kind of mentioned to him briefly but my brother and i have talked for like four years about starting a podcast so we're gonna try our hand at like a mini podcast and i don't have too many details yet but i just want to like put it out there that it's happening and i'll probably share it on my social media at some point but we're excited about it and i think he's wanted to he really likes his job but i think he's wanted to do something creative for a long time and we've been writing partners forever and have written a lot together so we were like well maybe we can see what happens when we yeah talk to each other so we'll see but just throwing that out there and you're um, trying to manifest it trying to globally trying to uh vision board it yeah yeah in an audio format also um we're loving Eva's podcast too. So if you haven't, yes. people keep messaging me like, what's it called again? So it's called Paranormal, P U R R, Paranormal Captivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do that. Do that. And their theme song is really good. It is really good. <laughs> I, I tell Eva every time, I'm like, your fucking theme song gets, gets me rocking. <laughs> it's a jam. It's a jam. Yeah. Um, buy tickets for our live shows. Yep. Um, what else? I don't know. I'm letting I'm letting you do the. It's stressing me out. I'm letting you lead the end because oh, I feel like I usually do it. I know what to say. I won buckets today. Yeah, even made a scoreboard for people who don't know what buckets is. It's when we're doing our ads at buckets. the at the very end of because we have a, a obviously they send us some talking points and stuff that they want us to mention in our ads. And so when we're done with the piece of paper at the end of the ad, we go buckets and we try to shoot it into a trash can that actually has a little basketball hoop net on it. Yeah, it's super fun. And today, Christine beat me five to zero. I was not to athletic be fair, today. This is the first time I think I've ever won. So, but so you know, don't, don't worry. This I'm not week, athletic. Christine won buckets. I did for once. So happy days. Happy days. <laughs> uh, you want to do the rest of my part at the end? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. You can sure find I us. I love it. You can find us at and that's where you drink dot com. Tour dates are in thisweardrink.com slash live. Uh, we're on Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. I'm sorry, I'm squishing this thing really loud. We it's, can't really I thought hear you it. were like, I know I heard it. Oh. I thought you were like. I think Eva can hear it louder because we have headphones on. Oh, whoops. Because I was doing it the whole time and I feel like she's like glancing over. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, yes, so we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
and Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. Uh, you can email us some fun, creepy listener stories at and that's where you drink at gmail.com. And Eva goes through and reads those for us. Um, we do a monthly listener episode on the first of every month. So the next one will be the holiday episode. Sort Christmas of. time is here. All right. Now you're just stealing my, <laughs> my, my, I don't know, my what? My like your terrible thunder? singing. I don't know, your Christmas thunder. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't write the song. <laughs> I get no credit. Um, yeah. Fan and mail? Fan mail. Oh, sure. We do a fan mail video um, that we post on Patreon. Uh, you can mail us stuff at 1920 Hillhurst Ave, number 265, Los Angeles, California, 90027. And I think that's it. Oh, follow our social media where because we post tour dates there first. And yes. they apparently go quickly, which is we, exciting. Even we didn't realize how fast. We didn't. <laughs> I mean, VIP getting sold in under a minute I is... I thought the site was broken. Yeah, we're... We're just as shocked as you guys, so definitely keep up with us on Instagram and yep. Twitter and all that so you have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we want to meet all of you. I wish we could just meet all of you, but yes, unfortunately, that doesn't work. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did I miss anything? Probably. I don't think so. Our merch? Are we doing... I don't think we're doing merch. Oh, yet. we're making changes to our merch site, so we'll update you as soon as that yeah. goes through. I guess just look at our website currently. Yeah, we'll update it as soon as... Or you can check our social media because we'll or probably post media. it there. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Well, that's good. All right. We good? I'm good. You, you good? Are you good? We're all good. Tri- We're all good. The geo tree is good. We're all good. All right. And? Buckets. Wrong. And? That's why we drink. <laughs> oh, boy. And buckets. <laughs> In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.